Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod. I'm your host, Andy Rowe, and I'm here with Big Jim and Goody. No Joe Muller here this week. Yes, thankfully. Look at this bloke now, this week. Different man. I just told her, I, I ate the bloke. You're a lot more relaxed. No, though. mate. No, he, no, no, he's got his bravado yeah, back. You know, when, when Joe Marler walks in, he shat himself. Oh, hello. Hello, Joe. Uh, stood up. Uh, mate, stood I, up for stand up for, I stand up for no man. You, st- <laughs> <laughs> you stood up, put your hand across the table to shake his hand. It was a feeble handshake as well. Wow. And now he's not here. You'll, you'll say everything behind his back, nothing to his face. Well, mate, I'll tell you this. He's still out celebrating. Is he? Yeah, put 60 points on sale, didn't he? That's what he was saying. Something like that, yeah. yeah so, 50. 50 but... Oh, was it? Okay. We might be still out celebrating. We've got him on the line now. Joe Marler, hello. Oh, fuck me dead. It's you lot again, is it? <laughs> How are you, Joe? Lads. Lads, lads. lads. Are, you, are you still out on the beers after a, a victory? Uh, no, mate. I'm a professional rugby player. I'm not an old, uh, miserable alcoholic like yourself. Oh, oh, I wouldn't say miserable. Oh, okay. <laughs> old and alcoholic, maybe, but not miserable, mate. I'm always happy. Right, Joe, um, you've got no ban. Let's get straight into the ruggers, mate. <laughs> First, he's still on it. He is, unfortunately. First and only win of the season. What happened? Get rid of him, lads. He's got to go. <laughs> Come on, Joe. Um, what happened, mate? First win of the season. Maybe you're a last. Boys loving life or what? What Are you just shouting at me because we're not in the room, it? I'm not in the room with you. He's, he's had some brave juice because yeah. you're not there. Come on, I thought we'd made up last week. Oh, we had kind of. Come on, then. What happened? How did you beat Sale? Well, you lot wrote us off, didn't you? You're like, oh, they're going to be in a relegation battle and all this. I said looking over your shoulder, not a battle necessarily. You implied it, but it's yeah. fine. And I don't know what happened, mate. I think we're just, we're just pretty physical. Plenty of intent from us. How did the scrum go, mate? That's what everyone wants to hear about. Scrum was solid, mate. That's all you need to know. You got a bit touchy-feely, though, didn't you, as well? Ah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know there were still like loads of cameras at our game. Yeah. Well, you, so. well, you you said last week that you weren't interested in people's pieces. <laughs> That's the influence yeah, of the pod, you, right? You got to try and get under the skin of opposition players. <laughs> and Yardy, Yardy, I saw him. He scored a try. He got booed, didn't he? Look, I'm not wasting any more energy or breath <laughs> talking about that bloke. No more. Just one more question. Are you coming back next week? The the fans want to know, Joe. Next week, yes, I'll be back because we did really well last week, didn't we? Can't number wait, one. Mate. We'll see if we, if we get to number one this week. There's a good chance again you ain't coming back. If we don't, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you come back. Jim, your last year's news, mate. You've got to go. <laughs> don't join that. Joe, Joe, um, you're breaking up. Joe, you're breaking up, mate. You, Joe, <laughs> Joe, you're breaking up. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> But he will be back next week, actually. Well, we'll see. I'll I'll decide if if that's the case or not. It's the alpha males, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny to watch. Interesting to watch. Jim, you literally crumbled last week. No, I give give the man the respect. I don't stand. I don't stand for no man. You stood. I didn't stand. Yeah, you did. You did. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I had cramp. (laughs) Uh, No, it was good last week, I'll be honest. Like, I listened to it back. You know, we've, we've got a good editing team. Tim, big legs, shit jeans, big arms. Massive arms. Massive arms. He does the editing. And there was a lot of testosterone in the room. There was a bit mm. of estrogen, weren't there, Andy? Yeah, there, uh, was. there was. a bit of estrogen as well. But there was a lot of testosterone. I was like, oh, how's it going to sound? It sounded all right. It was good. It well, was. we got to number one, didn't we? We did. Mm. Dusted all the football boys. See you later. And I'm warming to him. Moving on from uh, last week, what have you guys been doing leading up to this pod over the week? Been busy watching rugby, haven't you, Jim? You've been commentating. Yeah, Jim earned two cans of Coke and a bag of crisps, I think. For his... <laughs> the Guinness Pro 14 did me first one for Premier TV at the weekend down in Ospreys. Out of my comfort zone, I'll be honest. I you took your shirt un- in as well? Yeah, took my shirt in, went smart. Did it with Gethin Jones. He's um, a good-looking boy, isn't he? Oh, he's 40 years old. Smooth as he you had like a th- He had a thing for me. He did. So he listens to the podcast. <laughs> he likes it. Did the Ospreys had a game. weren't a great game, I'll be honest. There's a lot of other uh, Pro 14 games this weekend that were a lot better. But I'm sure we'll come on to that. So, yeah, a lot of ruggers. I watched a lot of rugby at the weekend. Look. Are you turning into a rugby pig? I, well, I have to. Look what Joe did last week. Joe's come in. I'm worried. And dominated you. This lion is hungry. That is all I'm saying. And no one, no one is going to be taking my mantle. Um, so, yeah, it was straight ruggers for me. And um, Any kids? You see the kids? I can't even remember. What you did. did. He sent me a video. <laughs> I did, yeah. yeah Rock I'm, and roll. So I texted you. I was like, Jim, uh, you got twins. What car seats are you currently using for your babies? No idea. It's a minefield. Yeah, we just put the, kids, the twins on the floor. <laughs> so in the footwell. He sends me a video from his minibus that he's got because he's got four kids. Doesn't know their names, but he's got four kids in the back. And one of them screaming. Who was screaming? I'll, I'll, I'll play it now as we do. <laughs> Goody, these are the maxi cozies, mate. Look at them. Absolute <laughs> 
Can't you, can't, you can't hit your kid. No, you can't hit kids now. You but you can, you can leave them on the side of the road, can't you? No? <laughs> no, it just good. made me, I saw that video, it made me look at my two and go, I love you. I've just got the best twins ever. That's what happens when you spend half an hour a week with them, eh? <laughs> well, thank you very much to the Rugby Pass for the help with the pod again this season. You can watch the show on rugbypass.com. And a big massive thank you to Guinness as well for their help with the pod and our live shows. And an even bigger thank you to all the listeners if you've um, loaded up and uh, signed on for the new Superfans monthly subscription that uh, we'll be bringing you this season. Check it out at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod for all the details. Uh, if you're interested in getting extra content for each month, a chance to be in the studio to see the magic happen or for just joining us for the exclusive end of year party just for the Superfans. I did have one thing about this. So what happens when we get to 5,000 people? Are we going to have a 5,000? Just take the, take the stadium over. What, was that? We're going to have a party at a stadium? <laughs> we might have to. We'll find a way. Yeah. It'd be one I'll ever do, though, wouldn't it? Imagine yeah. 5,000 super fans there. Me, me and Joe Marler. They'd be loving it. Oh, would you, would you, so 5,000 people? Yeah. You'd have to get in the ring, you and Joe Marler, I would. You? I reckon I would He now. would not tempt Mate, I saw him last week. Like, seriously, if it carries on. I reckon I'd, well, not, I'd not reckon I'm going to take him down. You've got arms the size of noodles, and he is oh, an absolute here monster. Go. Here we go. Should we get into some rugby? Ruggers. Oh, yeah, go on. Bristol Bears, what a comeback. Oh, Bristols. Bristols. You've got to love a set of Bristols, haven't you? You have. What, what are your thoughts on that game? Not shocked. Uh, they were grizzly, the Bears, weren't they? Oh, here he is. They were grizzly. They stayed in the fight. But what shocked me, not how competitive Bristol were, because I think they are. They're going to be tough to beat at times this year. But Bath have come out all the way through preseason, said we've had a gold standard preseason. We've worked really hard. You know, Matt Garvey, as captain's come out and said, oh, now's our time to win a trophy. What have they been doing all pre-season? No catching, no passing, no ruggers. They might have been in the gym working hard. That's not what it's about, boys, because Bath were diabolical at times. It was, it was almost one of them where it was kind of written, wasn't it, for Bristol. They've come up, sell out, well, sell out 26,000 people. Though, that was, was amazing as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was good. It was kind of Friday night, first game, launching the, the, the new Gallagher-Prem on TV. It seemed prime for Bristol to win that, but yeah. Bath were dire. They were. Priestland, Homer, what are you doing? Homer Simpson, mate, come on. <laughs> Priestland didn't even need a pass set, though. No, he, he, he fell on the line after he passed. Oh, you have watched some ruggers there. Yeah, mate, yeah, he was yeah, watching, it, he was watching it. it downstairs. Mate, love the premiership. The uh, yeah, Priestland could have scored, but even the, even so, people go, oh, unselfishly, he's made the pass. Homer just put the ball down with two hands. It wasn't even under pressure. It's not even in a tackle that he's got. He tried to dab it down with one hand. He did, mate. Ball must have been slippy. There's a few handling errors. Uh, I was impressed with Bristol, to be fair. Like, I know London Irish won their first game against Quinns last season, then we all know what happened. But uh, Bristol look completely different, don't they? They've got Pietau to come back in. Uh, they've got quality now in, the, in, in their team. Mate, George, talk... George Smith, 15 tackles in the game. That's more tackles than you, you made in your whole career, mate, right? He's 38. How is he, how is he still won mm. it? How's he still want to go? I'll be like, there's no more goo, mate. Well, Should I tell you why? Why? Short-term deal. How much do you think he's getting? hundred grand a month. Do you reckon he's getting well, that? You go for that, let me mate, tell you. Yeah, yeah, you might go wow. for that. Yeah, if that's what he's getting. But, mate, there were some good performances in that team, in the Bristol team. I was impressed. Who's that winger for them, the Aussie boy? Morahan. Skinny thing. Morahan. Mate, looks like he should be down the pub. Nah, mate. Rapid. He's, he, well, he's, he's played for the Wallabies. Well, I was going to say, I thought he'd played for hmm. Australia. Mate, he tore it up, didn't he? He did, mate. He, he was good. Lua was good. Yeah, he was all right. I, he, he was he good. He belted a few. Yeah, he did. Do you yeah. watch the game now? Now you've retired, Jim. Yeah. And you're now a, f- a year further out. So what have you been out? You've been out the game... 14 months, yeah. Do you look at it now and go, oh my days, they whack each other? Yeah, I do. Some of the hits going in. I do. I look at it sometimes and I don't know how. You'll say I didn't, but I actually don't know how I played in that. I think when you're playing, you've got your head down, and your head down Chinatown. But yeah, you look at it now, mate, there's some massive hits in there. Oh. Massive. I, I, I cringe now when I see it a bit. I'm like, oh. Size of some of the boys now, the pipes on them. Well, we can have a chat now to the man who pulled the strings from fly half for Bristol in that win over Bath on Friday night. Ian Madigan's on the line. Hello, Ian. Hi, James. How are you? Thanks very much for having me on. Mate, we'll get... Great show. Really enjoy listening to it. Oh, thanks very much, mate. What a ledge. Cheers. Did you listen to the one with Joe Marler last week? I actually missed the one last week. Oh, you didn't Uh... miss anything, mate. Don't worry. You didn't miss anything (laughs) with him. Record crowd of over 26,000 at Ashton Gate. Give us an idea of what the atmosphere was like for your first game back in the, in the Premiership, Ian. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. It was really noisy, actually. Um, I think there was a cider festival on that day, so a good few of the supporters were pretty tanked up, which was, uh, which was good, so they were singing away. Um, no, it was great. Like our, our marketing team did a great job getting it right on that side of things, and it was, I think it was one of the first times they've gone close to filling it, so... Yeah, awesome to see on the Friday night. You talk about the marketing team there. Yes, they got that right on the uh, the opening day, getting 26,000 people there. When uh, when you were all sat in the changing room last year when the marketing team came in and said, uh, we're going to be called the Bristol Bears, how did that really go down, mate? Um, 
it actually like 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 anything new like there's going to be apprehension there and uh, you know a lot of rugby clubs are very traditional you know it's everything from the jersey to the badge to what stadium you play in but I think for us with the lands end and, and the owners that we have like they're they're incredible the support that they give to all the teams in Bristol and you know I think they wanted to draw a line on the you know the recent history of the club and you know getting relegated a few times. So, you know, bringing in the likes of Pat and, and the investment that they've made in, in the team and the stadium, they, they, I think they just wanted to draw a line in, in you know, the recent history and, and have, you know, a rebrand. And in fairness to them, they didn't sit in the fence with it. They, you know, they, they've given it a, a real go and, and gone all out with it. And I think, you know, winning on Friday night was a big part of, of making that a success. Did anyone scream bareback or not when, when the name got called? <laughs> There must have been someone in that in that squad that shouted it, no? Uh, this, to be honest, the guys have just really embraced it. Like, you know, you'd, you'd be walking walking around the um, the corridors of the club and, like, you just hear guys whispering, go Bears, and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, we, we've, we've kind of embraced it, but um, kind of enjoyed the lighthearted side of it as well. Obviously, a massive win against Bath a well-established team at the weekend. So you've got Saracens this week. So as a team, you're building up to this game. What do you say going to the game? Because it's going to be difficult, let's be honest, against Saracens. They didn't get out of third gear and they still beat, beat Newcastle convincingly at the weekend. So how do you guys go about this week? You, are you looking to back up the performance? Will Pat rest a few guys, look at a few of the guys? What do you reckon? Yeah, like I, I think for us, you know, there's, there's not really much pressure on us going into this game. It's a free hit against the champions. And, you know, Pat, Pat, Pat's going to pick a team that he thinks is going to be able to go out and win the game for him you know and he'll, he'll back himself to, to have a game plan that's good enough to, to beat Saris you know on, on their day I think from from watching the game against Newcastle like you know Saris they're very you know very true to their values like they, they'll outwork a team they get off the line very hard in defence and they cover the backfield well they have a very good kicking game so you know they're they're a very hard side to break down but in fairness to Newcastle you know like they hung in there at the weekend and they gave themselves a good chance and you know, I think ultimately that's that's what you've got to try and do is hang on in there and you know give yourself one opportunity in the last ten minutes to hopefully have have a chance of winning the game. And you know, Newcastle off the back of scoring that try were 22-21 up, and there was still 15 guys against 13. So you know, I'm sure they think that if they had that opportunity a few more times, they'd they'd score again off that. And, you know, potentially win the game. So, you know, they're a very good side and we're going to have the utmost respect for them. But, you know, we'll, we'll back our coaches that we'll have a game plan to uh, to beat them and, and uh, you know, 15 and 23 guys to go out and execute. And just talking about the coaches, obviously Pat Lamb, head coach there, director of rugby, whatever you want to call him. Um, what's he like as a coach? And can you describe this t- special team handshake uh, that goes on that he's brought in? As part of the culture. Well, he's rich. I, I should, I, as a bloke, and he's rich, Goody. That's all we know. Mate. Well, Pat Lam or, or Mads? Mads definitely is. Old. Oh, mate, he is as well. Must be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's um, he's a great coach. Like he's very, like he's you know, as you said, as a director of rugby, as a co- head coach or whatever. But he's very much a coach. You know, he's out there on the field every day and takes a lot of our video sessions. You know, and overlooks the you know the majority of our play. You know, he's he's come in at the, you know at the start of the championship season and, and being able to build you know our our game plan slowly um, and what he did and what the championship allowed us to do was to to you know build a foundation really strong. So go through our defence slowly, go through our attack slowly. What we're doing on you know restart, receipt, restart, send all those different elements of the game. And then you know as the championship year went on, he was just adding more and more layers to you know to what he started with. And then you know with our season ending at the end of April, it gave us an extended pre-season to you know add more layers to all that again and he's got great attention to detail he makes it really clear you know the vision for the team and, and you're, you're arriving in every day knowing that you're growing towards something which is very special and you know that's one thing I you know I really struggled with probably when I was in France you know you're you're not really sure what you're going to go in and work on on a given day whereas with with Pat and with Bristol you've kind of clear direction of this you know greater plan and He's very good at you know getting that detail across to the players. On on social media, we've had a load of people come in when we mentioned you be on, and they're talking about Ireland and if there's any chance, you know, in the next couple of years, we, we might see you back in Ireland. Uh, how are your ambitions to play for Ireland? Obviously, World Cup coming up, you're probably going to miss that off the back of of not being centrally contracted. But where's your head at when it comes to Ireland? Yeah, like it's it's still my it's still my number one goal is is still to, to play for Ireland. Um, the main reason why I left was to, you know, improve myself as an out half to, to hopefully be able to represent Ireland again. Um, and I felt, you know, leaving Leinster was was going to allow me the, the best opportunity to do that. Now it hasn't been plain sailing since I've left, but I feel like, you know, I'm in a good position now with, you know, a great head coach and a, you know, and a good team. 
playing in you know probably the you know the best league in the world. So yeah, look for me if I just focus on what's going on in Bristol and and, and do my best to get that right and. Um, I can give the you know the Irish coaches another option to, to pick from. Well, I, I think if you pull your shorts down another five inches, mate, that might uh, it might sway for <laughs> Joe Smith, mate. Apparently, he likes that, and the shirt tucked out. I like it, mate. I love it. I uh, know, mate. High short crew, <laughs> mate. I was the complete opposite. Hide the belly. Um, we had a question from Dara on Twitter, which Dara. could be a friend of yours. He said. Uh, Ask Mads, which would he prefer tackling Tad Furlong on a crash ball at full tilt or dealing with his mum after crashing her car through the wall at the front of their house again? Is there a story in that? <laughs> yeah, there is, yeah. Oh, God. I'd probably take Ty Furlong on the crash ball and hope I might be able to trip him up. I, I wouldn't fancy my mum again after uh, <laughs> after that happened. What did you do, um, crash a Range Rover or what was it? No, Scott, no, no, not quite. But yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a bad uh, bad week for me that. I was, my parents were away on holidays and I'd taken my mum's car out and our house was on a bit of a hill and uh, parked the car back up and uh, was upstairs brushing my teeth and I just heard you know, really loud kind of bang and, you know, crushing metal. And I was just thinking to myself, I hope I'd put the handbrake up enough. <laughs> and uh, so I crept up to the upstairs window and looked down and the car was halfway across the road and I cleared out the front wall. So it, was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't ideal. It wasn't a nice phone call to make and I'd ruined their holiday a bit. <laughs> I'd have said someone um, nicked it, to be honest. Yeah, she was there at the weekend watching me and supporting me. So we got over it in the end, but it took a few years. Ah, good on her. All right, well, let's hope you've got a bit of luck this season with the beers, mate. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Cheers, Cheers buddy. Up, mate. The, what is it, the short shorts crew. The short shorts. We've seen like it. Leagueys. He loves to pull them up. Mate, when you've got good quads, you can do that. He, his, arse, his arse crack must be like really far up his back. You v- know fully mean? veated right, as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's he, he's clean as a whistle downstairs. Yeah, he yeah, is, yeah. Because yeah, you can't pull your shorts up that high. Yeah. You, you, and you worry about your side bush coming out. Well, you've got that Paul Skulls thing, haven't you, where, oh, you know, pop, oh my word, mate. <laughs> the cocktail sausage, mate. Cocktail sausage with a wig. But, mate, no, I mean, fair play to him for sticking it out, eh? Because it must have been tough for him last season in the championship, eh? What, on half a mil? <laughs> <laughs> it depends if you're money or it's <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's come back from, uh, he was at Bordeaux, Bordeaux would have been an absolute shambles. Bordeaux Bengals, mate. Bagels, um, bagels or Bengals? Bordeaux, Bordeaux <laughs> Bagels. Um, who was the coach there? Jacques. Jacques Brunel. Who, Jacques Brunel. Who's, who's now the smell, French coach. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's he's come back from from there with a barrel full of uh, euros, uh, and then he's earned fair play to him though. Well, I mean, he's in his prime as going, well. That's yeah. the thing. Like you, that's what's impressive about. I think yeah, all right, you got the euro, the euro and whatever is getting paid, but mate, you know he, he's stuck it out and he's in his prime, isn't he? I know. I agree with it because I, you know, when when I signed for Worcester, they got relegated. Same sort of thing. <laughs> Got relegated and you're not about the money. Though, had to play a year in the championship. You're not about and the I, money I said though. to I said to Worcester, I said, "Don't pay me for this year. I'm doing it for the love <laughs> of the game." <laughs> and I think Mads must have done the same last year. Yeah, though. definitely. Cipriani managed to do his talking on the field. Gloucester oh yes, 27, he did. 16 over Saints. Goody. Oh mate, I, I said last week, absolutely wonderful player. A pleasure to watch. But you don't like him as a bloke. Okay, I'm well done. We were messaging each other last week. Oh, what was he saying? Um, he listens to the pod. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did he say? Genuinely, he said he listens to the pod. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he wanted to just uh, consider what I'd said about the off, off, off-field shenanigans. Okay, yeah. Um, and he said, do you know what? He, I'm trying, trying to remember his, his exact words. Is this the same as what Quate said, that Quate's no, claims I, I, I he never says? I'll find him now. Okay. So Sips has texted you after he, he's listened to the podcast. He's yeah, he's listened. Sips listens to the pod and, you know, he's messaging me, asking me how I was. Did I have a good summer? Yeah. Uh, or just after, what, after, after the podcast got released last yeah, week? Yeah, yeah. Last Thursday. Yeah. Hello, mate. How are you? Uh, good summer? I but said, yeah, not yeah, bad, he, thanks. He's, take, he's taking the piss, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were messaging. And he was just messaging away. And he said, look, it was his fault for giving people anything to write about. So he's put his hands up. But he's a, he's a world-class talent on the front foot. And that pass, unbelievable. It was, yeah. He did, he did know he had the advantage, penalty advantage. But to throw a seed that perfectly, seeing his shoulders facing north-south, holding defenders, and just going, pop. He was good. Unbelievable. Was that better than Finn Russell's pass, do you think? No. Finn... 100% better. No not, not 100, no, not 100% better. It is better than Finn Russell's pass. No way. And I'll tell you why. In them circumstances, what I'll are ta- you I'll, talking about? I'll tell you why. Because picking out a perfect seed like that from Cipriani at first phase defence when defences are very well organised is a lot harder than chucking the pass that Finn Russell did when you've got 
a fractured defence and someone's flown out the line. Yeah. You've seen that. No, no. Finn Russell. They were, they were. So they were. When Finn Russell. Jim, you've threw never that caught. You've no, never caught. On. You've never well, caught well, and passed okay, in your life. I haven't. So you no, have no I haven't. No, <laughs> I haven't. But, you, but you've never taken contact or no. No, is that? Well, and it's a game of rugby. Um, <laughs> Finn Russell's pass under. Let's not forget what he went into that game with. He was. He was shot for the first two. Hang on. Cipriani. It was an advantage. Cipriani. It was an advantage, though, weren't it? It was an advantage. He it, just lobbed it. He's just lobbed it going, there you go, Sharples, there you go. Nah. And it's just, I, I think it's completely different. I think Finn, well, it is. Finn, one, one's off face play, one's off first Finn, face. Finn's was a better pass in the circumstances. Calcutta Cup match, you've been crap. Your pass I, I'm not, not I'm been not, I'm not looking at exterior pressures. I'm just I'm looking comparing, at I'm comparing defence and attack and structured defence, organised defence, picking out that perfect it's pass. circumstances though, isn't it? Circum- so it's like... It's, it's like Joseph, doing, it's, made, Joseph made it easy for Finn. He flew out the line. It's like doing a drop goal, isn't it, from the bloody the corner of the pitch with the thirty seconds to go, and you nail it or whatever from the corner of the pitch from, from the cor- from the corner of the pitch <laughs> rugby and, knowledge and, from and, Jim and, Hamilton and you, and, you nail, and you nail the drop kick and you get it from, and the, from the corner of the pitch from the corner of the pitch okay yeah, out yeah, by yeah. the twenty one yeah <laughs> out, 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 out <laughs> of twenty one and a half. Yeah, listen, Finn Russell was a wonderful pass. Cipriani, and you're Cipriani's Cipriani. English and it was Look better. at him licking his ass now. <laughs> He's licking Cipriani's ass. Oh, I don't like Cipriani. I love him. When have I, I ever said him. I don't like I him? I love him. You said last week you hated, hated him. No, I didn't, Jim. You were absolutely <laughs> talking rubbish again. Saints uh, conceded a lot of penalties, though, didn't they? Was Jim, was Jim playing for him? Or something? Who, who's that? 16. 16 penalties. I actually thought Northampton were all right. I thought they looked good. And they had Brousseau in the back row. Do you remember him? The South African. I don't, I don't even know where he's been. I don't know where he's been. in Japan. Oh, is that where so he's, he came yeah. to Northampton last year, uh, just after Christmassy time, I think it was, and then uh, got injured. It was so funny um, watching him, though. He was like class, and he was like the worst, like rubbish. It was like he was just doing his own thing the whole time. Like it was comical at, at, at times. Like a couple of really good turnovers, gave away loads of penalties. But <laughs> Northampton running down the wing, they had like a three on three on two or something, and he's five metres in front of the... In front of Bigger, who's passed him the ball, oh, it was really? embarrassing. Some points. So of you're, that. you're saying Brousseau is embarrassing as well. I was saying. I've that just I, heard that it was. <laughs> I think he's. <laughs> I thought. I thought Northampton was a lot better. Brousseau. It was. I couldn't work out whether he was awesome or awfully embarrassing. So, if any Northampton fans out there, I'd love someone to tell me what they thought of his performance. Well, they did give a load of penalties away, didn't they? And, and Boyd, Chris Boyd, after the game, wasn't happy about it. But you know, you're living on the edge. You know, going to Gloucester, that the crowd are going to get on your backs, and that does subconsciously change people's behaviours, I think, on the field. Yeah. The, the amount of abuse you get. And, you know, were they on the edge first game of the season, all that stuff? Yeah, completely. But it'd be interesting this week, actually. Obviously, Quinn's going up to Saints on Friday night. Um, I think Northampton will win it. I, 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 I thought Northampton were good. Haskell was out, wasn't he? That was a, yeah. They missed him. They did, yeah. Him and Brousseau in the back row will be good together, I think. Exeter have sort of carried on with their lift off. Oosh. Lister, oh, not so much. Embarrassing. Well, I'll, I'll leave Jim to talk about Leicester. No, you said you want to talk about Leicester. At least Jim's talk about Leicester, but Exeter. Oh my, unbelievable. Just the way they hold, they hold onto the ball better than any other team in the too world. Too easy though, Goody. Well, I, know it, well, I know it was too easy, but you know, look at the the vigour and the pace that Simmons is running with onto the ball. Kvesic played really played well. Played really well, carrying, actually. actually, in terms yeah. of carrying. Interesting, they've gone Steenson at 10. Thought he played pretty well. Mate, um, Leicester were, oh yeah, my Yeah, there word. you go, Jim. Go on. Well, where, 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 do you thought, where do you think the... Pro- Problems lie with Leicester. We spoke about last season and we rubbed a few people. Mate, the wrong you're not going to get me to say George Ford because no, you hate I, him mate, and it's what, not fair. It wasn't even, it wasn't even George Ford. <laughs> it was. First half, they're playing with the wind. They get into the extra half quite a few times and he just kicks it away. Now, you're kicking it away to a team that hold on to possession better than anyone else. Yeah. Manu Tuolangi didn't touch the ball till I think it was the 46th minute or something. He actually looked good when he carried a few times, didn't he? But here's the thing you're, you're George Ford as 10. And I look at this and you look at the players that have played outside me and stuff like that. And I listen, I was never going to make a break to save my life. But I always thought, right, who have I got outside me? What are their strengths? Manu Tulangi, first ball you get off the top of the line out. Just give them the ball. Hey, I'm Manu. Good luck to the extra defence. Try tackle that. And they will. Three of them will bar up on him. But then you work out, right, if three of them are a bit tight, because you can't. You run Manu at Steenson, two other people either side have got to jump in and help make the tackle. That means next time there's space elsewhere. Manu doesn't touch it till the 46th minute or something. And he's kicked away loads of possession that first half. And whose fault's that? As a 10, okay, if your game plan, if that's the game plan, when it's not worked once and then you do it again, it's not worked the second time, you don't continually do that. You've so got who's to change fa- the game. Whose fault was it, Goody? <laughs> Every, everyone's. Oh, I thought Leicester. I thought Leicester. I couldn't believe it. I mean, Leicester was my first club, so I obviously watched them, want them to do well. 
And last season, they, they just went from bad to worse. We saw that with a few changes. You're thinking pre-season, get Manu fit, a couple of new signings, obviously bring Eastman in. Who else? Uh, Will Spence from from Worcester. Dave Spence, Denton, yeah, who Dave. actually... Dildo Dave. Yeah, Dildo Dave actually played really well. He, he was probably Leicester's best player. So you're thinking, right... They, they haven't there. made quality signings in the forward pack. No, they, well, we, we Top know, four We know up front. And I'm, I feel bad saying it. I don't want to say it, but I think we have to because we are honest on here. But Dan Cole's performance in that second half was way below par. And it's easy judging. It is easy watching a game and saying he should have done this, he should have done that. You're horrible, mate. But... For me, I look at Leicester and it is about forwards. It's about front five. That's the identity. That's what Batewell's come in. He's spoken about identity. And he said, if you don't perform, you don't win it at the weekend. You've, you're in on a Monday morning and you, the boys are boxing. Now, the funniest thing about this is... Boys are boxing? The boys are boxing. Each other? Uh, yeah, old school. So, no gloves? Well, no gloves. Bare knuckle. But on a Monday morning... Goody, who's training? So you're down at Exeter, right? You get absolutely hosed. Do you think Coley and the boys are training on a Monday or not and doing boxing? Or do you think it's all the all the shags and the mixed veg <laughs> in the academy getting the reds boxed off for, for like... Really? Yeah. So I don't... I mean... Oh, mate, the, the, the big thing for me was ultimately, I thought tactically they got it massive wrong. Kicking possession away. Yeah. I understand use the wind, but you've got to use it at the right time. You can't just kick it once you're in that half and go, there you go, good luck getting out of there because yeah. they did. Leicester didn't kick well. But... The, the biggest thing for me, Matt O'Connor says after the game, he said, oh yeah, you know, I felt, we we felt our forwards hadn't had enough minutes in pre-season training. So we were concerned about that. Well, Who's fault so? Why haven't they? Mate, they, they lost half the, like, 50% of the line-outs they lost. Mm. You, look at, you look at that list of back line and it, you know, you've got Youngs and Ford as 9 and 10, you've got Tamura at 12, Manu at 13, Johnny May on one wing, Veano at fullback and Adam Thompson on the other wing. Take Adam Thompson out of the picture because he's a good player but he's not top, top level. Leicester have got one of the best back lines that in, the, back line in the Prem. He's unbelievable. Mm. But they didn't play together. Yeah. Poor. They were, they were poor. But that's a knock-on effect of what was going on up front. And we're not inside the camp, so you don't actually know their thought process of why you know, Matt O'Connor knows they've not got enough minutes. The easy thing is, oh, they should have played more pre-season games. It's not as easy as that. It's not as simple as that. There's obviously a plan. There's, this isn't, you know, we're what we're now 20-odd years into professional rugby. So pre-seasons are planned meticulously by S&C staff, by rugby managers, by, you know, the people above Matt O'Connor and the coaches as well. So there's obviously some reason for it. We don't know. Just on O'Connor, there were press reports back in August saying some of the senior players were unhappy with him. What, what did you guys make of all of that? Do you think that has carried on into this season? Well, there's no smoke without fire, and you know that as well. I don't, I don't smoke or make fires. <laughs> you do both. Um, vape, sorry. I don't know if that's the same. That's steam, isn't it? But there, there's something in it, isn't there? So... That's not coming out of nowhere, and I'm hearing similar things, but it's clearly not a happy camp, is it? I mean, there was talk of O'Connor turning up for pre-season two weeks out. I don't know if that's true. Like you said, there's no smoke without fire, but the blurred lines for me are who's in charge of recruitment, because recruitment's not been good enough at Leicester for the last five years. And you're seeing that now. That's, that, that's And the, this is this is the end product, isn't it, uh, in terms of that forward pack. Backline, worldy backline on paper, but... It, the recruitment up front, what less yeah, the foundations know, that Leicester yeah, have been I, built I on. Mate, they've signed some good players like Pilotta now, like they've Will Spence. Yeah, but um, we're, talk, we're talking a squad to compete at the top of the Premiership table, where historically Leicester fans expect or think they should be. Yeah, Pilotta now, okay, he's coming at hooker to rotate with Youngsy, good player. You know, who's your loose heads when Genji's injured? You know, if you're talking top top players, yeah. Coley goes off. Who's your tight head? That's what I mean. Yeah, well, they're not rolling off the tongue, is what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Second rows. Who are you second rows? Well, that's Spencer. It. Well, they're very weak. Harry Wells, uh, they've been playing Fitzgerald there, have they? You know, is this top, top quality as in Kitchener. first, second? Kitchener. First, second, third in the table. That, yeah. That's what I mean. Back row. Yeah. Again, you know, they're all good players. I'm not saying they're you know, relegation candidates, what I'm saying is they're just not the top, top level. That... They're not monsters, are they? No. You, at Leicester, you want to see monsters. That's what you want. But... Ultimately, that's what it's down to. You want to see them absolutely hosing people in the scrum. You want to see them hosing people at more time. And you want to see Manu coming short and literally barreling people. like that. That's what we're saying, aren't we? Yeah. Like, that's what you expect of Leicester. Yeah. But we've also got to understand the game has changed and the club has changed immensely from the family days of the successful period. And it's very commercial there now, which is, you know, as a business, that's the route they're going down. But the way professionalism's gone, clubs have overtaken them. I remember being at Leicester, then I signed for Saracens, and Saracens were a joke compared to Leicester. 
and it was oh, oh Leicester are the best, blah blah. blah. Now it's Saracens the best because they've over. And business wise, Saracens can't live with Leicester as a business. But in terms of if you're a fan that you know, there's that line, isn't there, between being a fan that just wants to win trophies and you're not really bothered about profit or loss of a business, whereas the actual people that run in the business and don't forget Leicester's a PLC, so there's a lot of people with you know invested interest in it. They care about the profit and loss accounts, whereas Saracens obviously ultra successful they're burning money left right and center but that doesn't matter to them that's just because they're winning yeah but that's that's just the way it happens and you know maybe leicester fans have got to realize that we were top dogs leicester were top dogs 10 years ago for quite some time and but time changes here's one for you yeah they're missing a tooth toothless tigers do you get it well done do you get it oh dear oh dear well done jim (laughs) there was the bench that you're talking about that yeah that's what i've been thinking about bring back joe marlow where is he joe get back here now Goody, you touched on Newcastle being impressive against Saracens despite going down earlier. Well, they just showed a lot of fight. For the exact reason that Leicester were poor, I thought Saracens um, and, and the way they played against Newcastle, Newcastle fought for everything, didn't they? Yeah. Mark Wilson was good. Um, you know, they were trying to rattle people. Welsh was getting involved. and McGuigan yeah. was good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, Newcastle showed a lot of bite. Yeah, people are going to question them this year because of the success they had last year. And yeah, they probably overachieved. This year's going to be brutal for them, though. You know, the expectation of once you've got into Europe, made that top four, a lot of noises in the club will be like, that's the minimum, that's the bar what we set mm. last year. You know what coaches well, well, like. Dean said before, didn't he? Dean said if they can replicate, he said this in the interview before, if they can replicate what they did last season, that'll be a successful year. So he yeah. knows they've overachieved. Yeah. And but then the, the issue is you chuck in your Champions Cup thing, rugby. Yeah. That's a different beast. When you're resting, when you're sending the kids out to Russia to play whoever they were playing last year and the big players are getting a week off and, you know, rest and recuperation. You know, you get these six premiership games done, then you go into Europe for two weeks, um, and the Newcastle of old would be trying to get a few wins in the premiership and then rest in the boys for the two games in the Champions Cup, and you just can't. So the knock-on effect's pretty brutal. One thing I wanted to ask you about that Saracens-Newcastle game, because you tweeted about it, the Nicky Gonover putting the ball down on his foot. Was it against the spirit of the game, or <laughs> is that sort of just part and parcel of getting away with what you can? No, he's getting away with what you can. I have no problem with what he did. What he did, though, was... He, it was that good and that convincing. He fooled the referee, and the mistake was it by Ian Tempest was, and he's he's sort of compounded his error in Tempest because what he's done is he, he's looked at him and thought, "Well, he's put it down." Of course you would, and rightly so. Nicky Gonover's done it with his ass facing the referee and his foot and body facing the the south stand there, and he's touched his touched the the ball on his on his foot, which is fine. Um, but then he's sort of jogged off, but. Because he's done that, Ian Tempest has signalled for a 22. So all the Saracens players just stop and sort of get prepared for a 22. Nicky Gunnivert has jogged, 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 realised that no one's going to defend the 22. So he's just ran without having to take the 22 because he hasn't touched it down, which is perfectly fine. But the issue is Ian Tempest has said, you actually hear him on the audio, 22 metre. So the game's dead then. The game, it's finished. It's like saying you, you, you've blown up for a foot in touch, but oh, actually, you better just play on because I don't think it was. Anyway, so Nicky Gonover's gone the length. Everyone's booing, all this stuff. He runs back and then, um, yeah, he talked about it being a game's value as offence. All Ian Tempest has got to do, with a smile on his face, go, I made a mistake there. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. You were that good, you fooled me. So I'm sorry, but I've called 22. End of conversation. Don't let him be the, the judge of that. Or, the, you know, there's loads of stuff coming out now. Chris Latham apparently used to do it, but he used to tell the refs, this is what I'm going to do in the games to keep your eye on it. You know, that's the super, super intelligent way of dealing with it. As a player, you tell them I might do this. Now everyone's going to be looking for it. You know, was it against the spirit of the game? Absolutely not. You know what all the teams are going to be doing against Newcastle now? Heads up, heads up! Yeah. All the props are going to be like, oh, I'm fucked, I'm fucked. Because you, you think you see that and it, is, it gives you 25 seconds to, to have a breather. Goody, Wasps were pretty lucky on the weekend. Yeah, they were. You look at the Wasps team, there's a few boys missing. You know, going to Worcester first up. And Worcester had a decent side. You look at that Worcester team. I looked at the Worcester team on Friday when it came out. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe I've actually tipped them for relegation. With oh, well, I'm the same. I got, I got bagged by a load of Worcester fans on there and actually looked at it as well. I was like, yeah, you're right. They've got a little bit more more than Hugart, who's got a Lamborghini <laughs> knocking about Cheltenham. Van Veltz is back. He's a good player. I saw him down to play. Who else got Ryan Mills? Yeah. He's a good player. Do you know what? My favourite player at Worcester, I've got a new favourite player at Who? Worcester. Tell me. The fly half. Weir. Dunky Weir? Yeah. Dunky Weir. I, tell you what, I cannot I, believe. It's quite I can't. stocky, isn't it? Well, this is the thing. I thought, Small and fat, you mean. I, this, this is the thing. I like him because I thought I looked bad in a rugby shirt. He's, you know, he's equally as bad, but he's shorter. If you were like, right, we're going to put an egg in a rugby shirt, that's what it'd look like. <laughs> hey, he looks like an egg. The Eggman. New nickname. The Eggman. Egg yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Wasp got lucky. Yeah, it's, it's probably a 
early get out of jail free card, getting the victory on the road. Did they deserve to win? It, it was fairly. In the end, it's fairly tight. You know, Alan Solomon has gone wild about the discipline, um, and Duncan Weir had a drop goal to win it at the end that he hooked. Um, um, could have gone either way. That's a big loss for Worcester because further down the line, you're not going to beat Wasps. That's your only opportunity, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, so well, probably re- they don't play them again at home. That's well, probably you know, the reason. Yeah. <laughs> but relegation, mate. I don't know. It's going to be close. It's going to be interesting. Um, but it is one that got away for for Worcester. Well, uh, Jim, it's only right that we maybe touch on the Pro 14. For oh, it bit. is right. Yeah. Yes, it is, mate. So Pro 14, we're going to do a little bit more as like the millions of people, they're just contacting me. They want to hear more. Cardiff, Leinster, Goody, you would have watched that, wouldn't you? Well, it's, I think Leinster sent their under-18s over and, <laughs> and won. <laughs> <laughs> they did, actually. Leinster put out a scratch team. But yeah, Leinster, Cardiff, schools. Leinster schools went over and beat Cardiff. No, I was Blues. impressed with Cardiff, to be fair. Cardiff played well, but Leinster won that last, last couple of minutes of the game, pick and goo. Connacht saw a bit of sunshine at the sports sports ground in I'll Glasgow. Get, I'll, get, I'll get to that Connacht Glasgow game later. Okay, what about Stuart? Are you, are you going to talk about Stuart Hogg's hair transplant that hasn't worked like Paul Gustav? It has not worked. It at has all, not has worked. It? I'll speak to him. I said, I know a man who knows a man who could make you look like a man. Yeah. Basically, I told him that. They're uh, basically talking about me and my head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so Glasgow had a good win. I did the Ospreys Edinburgh game. Weren't a great game. Right. Edinburgh got robbed last play of the game. They had a driving line out. But what else do you want? Ulster. That's a good win. Yeah. Billy Burns. Yeah, Billy Burns. Yeah, they had uh, George Clooney kicking the goals for him. Um, <laughs> he was good. Um, but I was impressed, actually, because I'll be honest with you. I, you know, pr- the premiership has always been my go-to. So, no, it was good. Dragons struggled. I didn't see that coming. They needed to win. They needed well, to win Benetton that. are actually... So, you, you look at it and you think, oh, losing to an Italian team. Yeah, but still. But Benetton are... They had some big scalps last year at times. Doesn't matter. Dragons were at home. Yeah, I know, I know. And Dragons, um, it's different year, same old story, though, isn't it? Oh, they just, they just, they just had no fire. Yes, Jim. <laughs> He's been thinking uh, about all these puns for mate, his... <laughs> This is what I've been thinking up. Moriarty, two cans, two cans of coke and a packet of crisp Premier it, TV stuff. Moriarty didn't play. He's yeah. back. He's back this weekend. Yeah. They had Corey Hill playing Shibards. So yeah, uh, mate, I was impressed with the Pro 14. Well, we touched on Ulster, uh, Dermot Farns' reign as uh, boss got off to a winning start, and we can now speak to a friend of the show, Darren Cavers, on the phone. Thanks for joining us, Darren. How's it going, lads? Oh, we're great. We are great. Have you missed us? Oh, yeah, I missed you guys loads. And I hear it was good to hear you bigging up the Pro 14 for the first time on the show last week. I've always been a fan, mate. I've always been a fan. So now it's just so much easier to digest the Pro 14 because it's on Premier TV, Cavesy, so it's much easier. Oh, mate, Guinness is a great sponsor. That's all I'm saying. But, mate, let's talk a little bit about Ulster, eh, of course. George Clooney over there, mate, he's, he's carrying a storm, isn't he, with that boot of his? Yeah, yeah, he loves the attention as well. But, Flip, yeah, good start of the season, Scarlet's. Her decent side, so uh, we left it late. I think it was the uh, 79th minute, so Cooney put one over for us. So happy days, and uh, good to start with the win. Do the boys call him George Clooney or not? <laughs> no, actually, it's a very imaginative nickname. We go with Coons, but I'll bring that one in for you. I mean, definitely. But Ulster obviously had a lot of changes last year. They didn't have a coach up until pre-season. Dan McFarlane, they've got a fantastic coach now. Billy Burns signed lastminute.com. Are things on the horizon now changing quickly? Yeah, it's been good. It's been good, like changes at the top are the big are the best changes and like Dan McFarland he hasn't been here that long but but he's been awesome and uh, Jared Payne's uh, a coach to watch out for as well he's had a big impact in our defence and uh, I think we've signed really well as well and uh, I hadn't I don't watch a whole heap of the Premiership but like Will Addison is flipping unbelievable player Billy Burns looks very, very good. Marcel could see his back fit. Um, like Marty Moore uh, looks good. And Jordy Murphy will be playing this week. So um, some good signings and, and hopefully an exciting year. And then just talking about you, mate, obviously um, day after a game or a couple of days after a game now, how's the body? Uh, 11 carries and 11 tackles. You told me those stats off there. So, you know, you said get them in for you. <laughs> mate, I'm actually, we, so we train today and thankfully we're off tomorrow because I'm absolutely hanging from that. It was it was a seriously tough game and uh, actually well you boys know all about that because um, we played uh, wasps and Gloucester and uh, our friendlies and one thing I will say the difference in the two leagues the sheer size of those boys I mean that wasps team is honestly other than your your Rassings one of the biggest teams I've ever seen in my life so I was absolutely delighted to get back to the Pro 14 teams a little bit um, probably tiny bit faster but thankfully um, uh, a shitload smaller 
And then just going back to that Wasp pre-season game, there was a few scraps, wasn't there? It was a bit feisty. Yeah, well, you throw, it was. You throw a few jabs? Mate, I was nowhere near it. But um, there's three few boys were throwing sea bombs around. I couldn't believe it. I was who? Like, who was? What are they? Uh, the the second rowers, the scrappy dudes, Jim, typical. Oh, handbags at dawn, mate. Are, are you saying English second rows are, are feeble? No, that's no, not, nothing like that. Uh, one of them may have been an English international second row, uh, but we'll say no more. But... Um, Nathan Hughes is some size, I'll say that for nothing, my goodness, he got a hat-trick. Yeah, he's a big unit, is Nathan. Um, so yeah. last time we were together over in Dublin, um, you were negotiating your contract, weren't you? Um, so uh, obviously you had a load of offers and we put it out there on the podcast, you're welcome, when do we get our cut? <laughs> Things have settled now in Ulster and contracted up to the eyeballs, no doubt? Uh, not up to the eyeballs, I uh, only did it one year because I'm over 30, so that's where it seems to go, but um, hopefully it's not going to be the last year, so let's put it out there, I'm off contract again, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm off contract and I'm, I'm, I'm Irish qualified and uh, that's about it. I'm 30. I'm shit. <laughs> <laughs> and mate, last, like Goody just mentioned there, we did a live show. We did it in Dublin. Uh, you asked how to get escorted out of the building for calling it the British Lions and not the British and Irish Lions, which I also did. So next time you're involved, it will be in Belfast. Is there a market over there for us to bring a live show over to Belfast and bring Titty Von Tramp in as a special guest? Oh man, there's definitely there's definitely a market for a pod. Um, so I'm not sure about Titty for the guest. Titty's the lesser spotted Titty these days. Although uh, I I probably don't frequent those places as much as I used to in, uh, in my younger days. Jim will definitely bring her out, I reckon. She'll be out to see Jim definitely. All right, Jim. We'd better wrap it up there, I think. Uh, th- thanks very much for joining us, Darren, and uh, no doubt we'll uh, see you uh, in Belfast at some stage this year, and good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks, guys. Chat to you later. You're Stand wa- up for the Ulster You're welcome. Month. You're welcome. Exactly. Cheers, lads. Cheers, bud. He's a good boy, isn't he? He is a good boy. Yeah. Man, yeah. And it's good to see Ulster uh, coming through. I mean, to even call it a storm or a fire would be understating what happened last year, yeah. right? Mm, yeah. Like, we were speaking about it, and you know, you were like, what can you say? What, what can, you, can you not say? I mean... I can't think of a club in the professional era that have been through that much turmoil. No. Have you? No, no, no. You know, no. T- two of their players, one of their star players, their coaching fiasco that went on, it yeah. was like, man, it couldn't be any worse. So the fact that they got the win at the weekend against a very good team. Yeah. In the what, it, what it shows, though, you, you see some of the clips from uh, the Kingspan and loads of fans in there. Oh, you did watch a little bit. Well, of it, I, I watched Freddie Burns' Snapchat, to be honest. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Freddie flew out there to watch his brother make his debut. So there he is, and, and as Darren said then, there's a big, big following in Belfast for rugby. And now, you know, hopefully they can put last year behind them. It's never going to be forgotten, obviously. But, yeah, when he talks about some of the signings, Addison and, and Billy Burns, and I could see us coming back. And, you know, oh, they've got the makings of... A team that they can, you know, Jordy Murphy as well. Yeah. Signing, oh, he, he, how good was he towards the end of last season? He's un, he was unbelievable for Leinster. So if he can replicate yeah. some of that form, which I'm sure he will, because he wants to be playing for Ireland week in, week out. So, you know, there can only be positive things going forward in, in Belfast. And uh, Dan McFarlane as well. That's yeah. a proper, proper signing yep. as coach. Let's take a look at the rumour mill. You guys got any rumours, anything floating around at the moment? Well, I saw, some, I saw something today that I cannot see happening. Go on. Oh, Jim Hamilton. Whoa, Jim Hamilton. Uh, sorry, um, that's what they used to sing. It, no, yeah, no um, one used to sing that. It, it was weird because I actually used to sing it in my head. It was like when I they're just, singing Marotoji. Yeah, <laughs> absolute loser, Jim. What a loser. Um, but oh, yeah, so Maro. There's rumours, and this isn't coming from me. Have you heard this about the Montpellier chat? Nah, it's a load of rubbish. Yeah, okay. Well, a million pounds to Montpellier after the World Cup. Cannot see it happening, but I have to say it. But it's, way, it's called the rumour mill for a, for a reason. It is, it? yeah. The and they're rumours, and, you know, listen, every player, uh, and I probably know this better than most, you go out and you either make up a, a contract offer from someone else or you get rumours in papers or whatever to push your value up. Mara told you ain't worth a million quid. No. So where, as a player, so, as an entity, maybe he is. So where's that come from, Tim? Where's that rumour come from? So it was actually rumoured in the French media. Yeah. A French press that write anything about anything and anyone, whether it's true oh, or not. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Well, Mo had Altred said he'll take him, of course. Of course he would. For a mill. Like that's 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 peanuts for Mohamed Altred. You know, this thing this So whole, Mara might be going then, that's what we're but saying. It's the whole thing again, it's about positioning yourself in a contract year and there was a stuff in the paper last last week about Anthony Watson and Jonathan Joseph. You know, Mara Toji, how old is he? Twenty four? Twenty three, twenty four? Because if yeah, he goes yeah. over there he can't play for England, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's not going to France. Yeah, he's just re signed, I think. Sure. I think he's just re signed at, at Sarries. 
Yeah. Under the radar, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, rumors but he was are. on the front of Tatler, wasn't he? Last week, yeah. Um, he has got some does, deal. does, doesn't, got like deals. The, doesn't like the limelight, though. Of course, he does. Yeah, hashtag humble and all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, fair play right. to him. You know, if you got it, flaunt it. Exactly. That's what we do, mate. He's got plenty that's of it. That's what hasn't we he? do. Yeah. Other other ones. Go on. Uh, Velicott. Where leaving Gloucester potentially? No to way. Wasps. Really? Yeah. Joe Simpson potentially looking at going to Quinns, leaving Wasps. I could see Joe yeah. Simpson leaving. To be fair. Yeah, he's not. Obviously, Dan Robson's got the number one shirt. Oh, number yeah. nine, num- first choice number nine shirt nailed down. Yeah, yeah I, I, rate Vel- I rate Velikop to be fair. Scottish, but Velikop would suit the way that Wasps have played and very well, similar players to Dan Robson. Plain touch. Um, yeah, this is the pace. That was it. Can he not tackle either? <laughs> no, he's good, mate. Velikop's yeah. good. So there, there little rumours there. Uh, well, shall we finish things off with what's been good, what's been bad, and what's been ugly? Where Andy Good wraps up what's been uh, the good, the bad, the ugly from the last week. Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, let's start in the Pro 14, shall we? And well, let's go to oh. Italy. Let's go to Italy. Okay. Oh, all right. Let's go to Italy because we bagged say Glasgow. plenty of times. Glasgow. Plenty of times we we bagged the Italian teams. You, not me. This weekend, first weekend of the Pro 14 season, both Zebra and Benetton won. Benetton away at Dragons, Zebra at home to the Kings, which they were probably expected to win, but. It's always nice to give a tip of the hat, isn't it, Jim? What is this tip? What's a tip of the bloody hat? What just is a tip well of the done. hat? Well, it's just well done. Acknowledged. Well, just acknowledged. Just tip right. of the hat. Well okay. done, sir. Right. So that was pretty good for, mm. for the Italians. Uh, Leinster. Leinster schools under 18's team going over to <laughs> <laughs> Cardiff uh, and winning there. Uh, and Brian Byrne getting two tries from the bench. Pretty good. Um, Danny Cipriani doing his talking oh, on the pitch. Oh, here he is. The backtracker. No, mm. not backtracking. Brilliant player. Man of the match for Gloucester. That was pretty good. Let's go to Quinns because we backed Quinns as well quite relentlessly at times last year and rightly so. Uh, putting 50-odd points on sale. Marcus Smith, 26 points. Pulled the strings nicely. Um, Exeter's performance was the Exeter that you expect but they absolutely dominated the Leicester team. Um, some big performances there as we said earlier. Matt Gavesic and co. Um, they've still got plenty of players to come back in. Jack Knoll was uh, stood on the side watching doing a bit of BT Sport. Claremont. Let's go over to France. Claremont Auvergne absolutely dominated Racing at home. They put to bed last year's poor performance in the top 14 where they've not qualified for the Champions Cup, which will seem weird when that comes around, not seeing Claremont in that. Um, they're two from two and scored over 100 points in two games. Very impressive. But this week, the good, there's only one team to go to. It wasn't that pretty at times, but mighty effective. We had Ian Madigan on the phone earlier. Goes to Bristol's. Bristol's and 26,000 people rampacked into the Ashton Gate Stadium, which is also going to be known as the Bear Pit. Oh, mm. get it? Go Bears. Bear back. Bear back, Bears. Go Bear back. Uh, but credit to them, the first game back in the, the Premiership put Bath to the sword. Well done, the Bristol's Bears. Uh, the bad. There was quite a few bad things this weekend, actually. Uh, Tom Homer. What was he doing? Dropping the ball over the line. Uh, very casual. Way too casual. Diving with one hand. Schoolboy. Um, that was pretty bad. Rassing. Got pumped at home at the U Arena. How good does that look? Have you seen that? Oh, yet? it's amazing. The Absolutely noise, the music, amazing. it just looks brilliant. I'd you've love got, to go there. You've got a big screen like you've got your yeah. house. Yeah, I know. Um, I commentated on Toulon, oh, Poe against Toulon. Poe against Toulon. Oh, well, was if, it, the, was if there was poo? one team that was poo, was it, it was poo? Toulon. <laughs> oh Toulon God. were absolutely garbage. They've got Fekitoa, a centre, playing on the wing. They've got Tuisova, a winger, playing at centre. Yeah, apparently. They've got they, Bello, yeah. a 10, playing at 12. And they've got Bastaro and Julian Savelle oh, on the bench. Oh, you bastard. Shambles. Absolute shambles. They who's, they look, co- who's coaching them? Patrice Calazzo. Me old double Ds. So Toulon, they were pretty bad. Um, Leicester, that was embarrassing. Missed 42 tackles. Whose fault? Whose fault um, was it? Missing 42 tackles. The game plan didn't really suit playing against Exeter. I thought that was pretty poor. Um, but as an ex-Leicester player, I can't really give them the bad. Uh, Bath, we mentioned that. Why are you coming out, Bath, and saying we've had a gold standard pre-season? If there's ever a time we're going to win a trophy, it's now, and then you perform like that against Bristol's. That was pretty bad. But for me, the worst thing I've seen this weekend, we mentioned the Nicky Gunnar incident earlier, uh, and Ian Tempest and his decision-making and what he said afterwards. But an even bigger shocker, and I'm going back to the Pro 14. Ian Davis, the referee between Glasgow and Connacht at the sports ground, has had a stinker. What's he done? So, Connacht, go for a drop goal. 30 seconds to go. Stuart Hogg is under the post, waiting to see if it goes over. Drop goal falls short. Stuart Hogg is a yard infield. Takes the ball. There's still time on the clock. Takes the ball, runs it into the in-goal area. And event- I think it was Adi Alokin chased up. And eventually, Stuart Hogg puts it down. What's the outcome there? Should be a scrum to the attacking team five metres out. Well is. done, the rugby oh, norms. nice, mate. Exactly. What does the referee... So, that gives... Yeah, Hoggy's then taking it back into the twenty uh, into the in goal area. Absolute shocker! Put the ball down. Should have gifted 
Connacht, who were a point down or two points down or whatever, uh, an opportunity to attack with 10 seconds left on the clock from the scrum. Oh, no, the referee goes, oh, that must be a 22. He's taken it back. It's not even close to borderline. He has run it back in from the field of play. So Ian Davis, Welsh referee, you have had an absolute stinker. <laughs> so the, the bad this week goes to him, and Ian good, Davis. So effectively, Goody's just got him the sack. Well, How do you feel? Well, shocking refereeing. Uh, and then the ugly. Uh, only one thing really this week for the ugly. And that goes over to Worcester and uh, Cornell Dupria. Fractured his larynx. Alan Solomons wasn't happy about it. He thought it was uh, a bit of a legal play from one of the Wasp boys, but never nice to see that. He's had an operation already. Yeah, and he's due to have another one. He's due to have another one. So, thoughts with him, you know, another big injury to a player. And this, the rate of attrition is, is, you know, big injuries coming to the fore is pretty worrying, but that's part of the game. It is. And there's been a lot of HIAs this weekend. So, we're thinking about all them. Mm. Thanks, Goody. Uh, Before we go, we've got a couple of shout outs, don't we, Jim? We have, yeah. I've got a shout-out, actually. So I've had someone get in contact called Brian Hill, um, and he wrote to me on Instagram. And we don't read them all out. We read ones that maybe strike a chord. Hi, Jim. I'm writing to you in hope that you might be able to give a mention in a fundraising effort going on at my club. The story goes like this. So there's an ex-prob at the club. He fell down his stairs at Christmas night, hitting his head on a radiator. He was pronounced dead at the hospital and had surgeons travelling from around the country for his organs. Long story short, he's now learned to walk and talk again and he's due to be released to go home in about three months' time. So they're looking to raise money, of course. £65,000 to make alterations to his house so he can actually move home. Uh, So he's hoping that me and Goody and Andy Rowe and the guys on the podcast can give a a shout-out. So that's we're giving him a shout out. And so the link to donate is justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash help get Andy home. So we might just tweet about that on the, the Rugby Pod channel. Help get Andy home. Help get Andy home. Hopefully we're nice thinking touch. about you, Andy. Yeah, um, nice and the boys at the club are sorting you out. So big shout out to you, big fella. Yeah, I've got one as well, actually. Um, it's a really worthwhile cause. Fan of the pod, Rich Cueto. Uh, no relation to Mark Cueto. Who hates Who's you. also a massive fan of the pod. Cause he, <laughs> listens to them all. he does. Um, he's trying to raise awareness uh, of the search for a bone marrow match for six-year-old Marley. Uh, there's no one currently on the register that's a match and time is running out. So if you think you may be able to help out in any way, head to antonynolan.org or dkms.org.uk forward slash en or check out hashtag marrow for marley hashtag m for m for more information but that would be unbelievable if someone could find a bone marrow match uh, for marley let's uh, have a look at those two and see what we can do and a massive uh, thank you to everyone who listened to episode one last week and help us uh, helped us to get to number one in the podcast charts really appreciate it and if you have time to leave a review on iTunes that really helps us out as well and we'll be reading out some of the best ones uh, in the coming weeks and giving away some rugby pod stash next week so keep them coming in and don't forget to subscribe follow us on Twitter and check out our new subscription service on Patreon for even more content rugby pod 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 (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.